How do you view failure? Why are we naturally afraid to fail? And has failure ever prevented you from trying something new or again? Welcome to Conversion Marketing Radio, uncovering the secrets of how to convert your dream clients into paying customers. If you're here to learn about maximizing conversions for your business without wasting money on vanity results, consider subscribing to this podcast. And now, here's your host, Ben Wilson. <laughs> How's it going today, guys? You know, I've got a question and answering uh, portion on my website or on conversionmarketingradio.com. And there's been a few questions asked there as well as personal uh, to either like a text message or email. And I've been asked a few times on what is the best way to advertise and how is it set up correctly in order to have the best success. As much as I'd love to teach this concept through podcasting, I'm pretty limited to the fact that it's simply audio. And for this reason, I'm in the process of finishing up a few different courses with walkthroughs, downloads, and video lessons that will teach how to drive traffic that's qualified and how to get the best results using Facebook and conversion funnels that are designed to reach your exact target audience. I've also broken these courses up into smaller bite-sized, easy to understand, starting at the basics of advertising on Facebook, all the way into moving into advanced advertising strategies with guides that, will, that you can implement in your business immediately and start to increase your own conversion rates. If this is something that you guys are interested in, go check out conversionmarketingradio.com forward slash convert courses. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the importance of actually the importance of failing. And I know that might sound crazy. And today's episode is a little different than the previous, but It's right in line with the entire purpose of conversion marketing. So growing up, I used to doodle in church every Sunday, like on the program handouts. In fact, I still do. (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone else in the congregation pretty much just figured out I wasn't paying attention. However, my parents knew that whilst doodling, I'd learn even more. And because my hands were now occupied, my brain was free to listen. I grew up in a pretty entrepreneurial family. I've got three older brothers who have had successes in in each of their own business ventures. And as the youngest of four boys, my poor mom, I've looked up to my older brothers as my role models for success. So each Sunday I'd bring home my doodles and one Sunday my dad suggested I should do something with this talent. I didn't quite know doodling was a talent, but he's a wise old owl and saw something very different there. At the time, I, uh, he was working as a real estate agent and was closing a deal for someone who was buying a website or buying a warehouse to move their screen printing business from their garage to this bigger facility. I, I would go with my dad on a few occasions to meet with his clients and sometimes I'd just sit in the car. But on this occasion, I had gone in and I'd listened about this guy starting out and what he had learned doing screen printing. So... It was also the start of school, and uh, it was this new year. My mom would take me back to school shopping, and I was able to get three new shirts. We didn't have money for anything more than that. And on the first day of 11th grade, I wore this awesome-looking shirt. Like, ah, it was so cool. 
and I thought I would impress all the other kids in class. And when I walked in on that first day of school, there were several other kids wearing the exact same shirt. Now, some loudmouth kid, there's always those kids in high school, pointed out the fact that I was wearing the same shirt. And at the top of his lungs and pointing at me, he said, Oh, that's cute. Did you go shopping together and get all, like, and then all of you guys could match on the first day of school? Now, today a statement like that wouldn't bother me at all, but at the time I was mortified by it. So, at the end of the day, and probably like covering up this, this, this cool shirts design, I went home and I was determined that that kind of experience would never happen again. With the combination of my dad's suggestion of making use out of these church doodles and the inspiration of my brothers and them starting their own businesses and their successes, and as well with this new understanding of screen printing, I figured out that I wanted to make my own shirts and that way I could wear clothes that no one else had. So I wanted a cool design, something that I could attach a name to and uh, I could kind of impress all the other kids and there'd be something like a, this name to associate with these cool designs that I was going to come up with. Now Google didn't exist back then and we also had dial-up so pretty much the internet was useless and was only used for like emails and chat rooms back then. So I took to the family dictionary to find a unique name, something that I could attach to these designs, something that had this meaning behind it. And as I was looking for words, I didn't get too far because I came up with the word ample or found the word ample, which meant enough or more than enough or plentiful. So I drew out the word and in a very poor graffiti style, I put these little dollar bills behind it and figured I'd like to have more than enough dollar bills. <laughs> Dreaming big. <laughs> now, getting my design onto a t-shirt was much harder than I anticipated. First off, we didn't have Photoshop back then, at least not in the home, nor did I actually even know about it. So I figured out that if I could scan my design onto a drawing, or take my drawing and put it into the, the scanner that was attached to the family computer, I could upload it and uh, trace it in Microsoft Paint. Now, if you guys remember Microsoft Paint or don't know much about it, it's not designed at all for tracing or even anything of a graphic design or something substantial that you can present with. Uh, pretty much just a useless program other than just doodles on the computer. So I also didn't really know how to use the uh, Microsoft Paint. So all I could do was I'd zoom in as like closely as I could to the line and I'd take the paint brush and I, I would kind of like dab along this line so that it uh, could kind of emulate the line going through and I knew how to create a new layer so that way uh, it wasn't associated with the scan behind it. Now every design came out so jank and was so patchy um, but it didn't matter. It was the fact that I had gotten it onto the computer. Now I'd learned about screen printing and I contacted my dad's client who was buying the screen printing factory and found out that his lowest cost, I think even with like a discount, he could only he could do it for $250. And I had I'd been mowing lawns, wasn't like I had $250 lying around, nor did I think I was going to pay $250 because there were so many other cool things I wanted to buy, like a GameCube or uh, like a guitar, which 
that those seem like also viable options. I didn't figure out what was going to happen next. Um, so he suggested that we go to Office Max and get some iron on paper. I couldn't drive at the time. I was only 15. So my dad drove me up to the store and I got some blank shirts uh, from Walmart and picked up this iron on paper from Office Max. And that night I printed off my picture onto this paper and I ironed it on and I made my first shirt. The next day I went to school wearing my shirt and I was so proud of it. And I didn't tell anyone that I'd made it, but after a few classes I got asked, where did I get the shirt? And in that moment, it was my time to shine. So I told them about it and how I wasn't going to be lame anymore and wear store-bought shirts or uh, stick it to the man type of thing. Like I wasn't going to buy those big brands who was going to have cool handmade shirts. Well, I must have inspired him because he wanted a shirt too. Now, I obviously didn't think this far um, because I'd have to print the same design and then he'd have the same shirt as me. And the whole purpose of that designing a shirt was that no one else would have the same clothes as me. So I went home again the second day of school <laughs> and I drew a completely new design for him and then I brought it to him the next day and as I was presenting it to my friend, some other kids were passing by and they stopped and they heard how I'd made this shirt and then they wanted one too. So now I was in even more trouble. I couldn't keep coming up with new designs. So um, I didn't make much off of that first transaction, but I had enough to go buy three more shirts. So I went to Walmart and instead of getting the same color, I picked out these different colors and then I went back to Microsoft Paint and I changed the color of the design that I had made for my friend. So I still had my own personal design and the design that I had made for my friend was uh, this new one that I could keep printing and, and changing around the colors to keep making them unique, you know? So this is what sparked the idea of making a clothing company. And suddenly, after those first five shirts of printing, I was open for business. The next semester, I'd heard about a program that was outside of school where you could go for half the day and learn multimedia tools such as like Photoshop or Flash, Illustrator, and a few others. And this was actually my first time hearing about Photoshop. And I was deterred by it because I didn't think, well, I'm not doing photos. Like, why would I need a program that does that? I need a program that's like Draw Shop. Anyways, my ignorant self learned the power of Photoshop. And then as I was going through this program, I went through and I remade all my designs and I made them look a lot more professional. Around the same time, there was also some buzz going around school about this clothing company that I had started. And I had sold enough shirts that I could actually do my first professional screen printing uh, job. So a few, went, a few weeks went by after you know figuring out how to get the designs to the guy and uh, where the shirts went and what sizes they would be. The shirts came back and I, I was so excited. I think I might have cried actually. Like I was so excited about these uh, cool screen printed shirts. I was like, man, I am legit. Um, and I wanted to, to reinvent the brand. Like I had that in my mind that for some reason now having them screen printed, I could reinvent the whole company. Um, and I bought these little baggies that I could put the shirts in. And when I delivered the shirt to you know the kids, it would look a lot more professional. 
And this was this like breakthrough, this idea. And as I started uh, having shirts on hand and putting them in, in, in my car, I got my driver's license uh, in between those times. And I started selling shirts at the skate park. So I go to the skate park all the time and I'd wear my shirts and uh, I felt legit. Like I felt like I was like a legit company because kids were now buying shirts from the skate park and they were from different schools. So it was getting around like the whole city. Um, And I remember seeing the first time someone walking in the mall that I personally didn't sell a shirt to that was wearing one of my Ample Clothing shirts. And uh, it was so crazy. I It felt like such a major success at the time. Now, my growth strategy was kind of poor <laughs> because when school got out, I, I didn't really have a market to sell to, and, and there's only so many kids that go to the skate park. So I wanted to desperately get it into stores, but when I called up uh, the customer service line of Zoomies, uh, they just pretty much laughed at me and I had no idea what to ask them. Um, and my oldest brother taught me about the concept of consignment, which was mind blowing at the time. And so, um, I drove up to a little local skate shop and I made this deal with them where they would hold my shirts on consignment. Um, but they said if it, if they don't sell in two weeks, they were going to give it back to me. And every day after that, I called them for like the first week to see if someone had bought my shirt, but like to no avail, no one was buying it. I'm also pretty sure they were pretty quite annoyed at me calling and and that might've had some effects on on it later. But the following week I had this idea, like this burst of inspiration. So I went to the skate park and I uh, had one of my friends who was really good at skateboarding wear one of the shirts and after he was doing all these tricks and getting some attention, some kids started asking about what the, this uh, clothing he was wearing. And I overheard them and they were asking, are you sponsored by Ample? And I like, I ran up and I was like, he's a team rider for Ample Clothing. <laughs> Just totally made up on the spot. And then I told them, if you want to go buy shirts and be just like him, you got to go to the skate shop down the street and uh, you, you got to buy it from them. So a few days later, I get this call from the shop and they were like, your shirt's sold. I was flawed. I like my jaw drops. I could not believe like, no way. Like either those kids or someone finally bought them. Now for the next two years, I tried to grow the brand as much as I could. And, um, but it never really got to where I, I hoped it to get. It still grew and it still had a lot of uh, success for a teenager. But eventually I, I actually ended up just stopping the company altogether and kind of due to a lack of interest that I wasn't going to achieve my dream of uh, getting it nationwide. I think I just gave up on myself. Um, You know, I could look at this time of my life as like, or at that time as like a failure, you know, where I didn't achieve my dream and I kind of just stopped it. And I, I, for years afterwards, I I wished I kept going with it, that I could have gotten somewhere, probably could have eventually uh, led to where I wanted to go to. Um, but the part that I'm so appreciative of is the fact that there were, there were actually a lot more failures inside of it. There were little hiccups and bumps in the road and things that I had no idea. And, um, it sounds like it was a success, but at the same time, it was such a learning experience, right? 
And this is what sparked my passion for business. So over the years, I, I wanted to figure out more about business. And uh, as I got into college, I tried out accounting. So my brothers before me were in accounting. And only after getting terrible grades for like the first two years, uh, even when I would repeat a class, like I'd still get a bad grade in accounting, I discovered that was not for me, not my cup of tea at all. And afterwards, I figured I was so I was more of a people person. I was like, I can't be behind a desk doing accounting. I got to be out there selling to people and like working with them. And the school that I went to had this professional sales program. However, it was more about direct selling. And uh, I, I thought I had all these cool skills and I could uh, apply my, my business knowledge into it. So I went and did summer sales. I don't know if you know much about summer sales, but it's door-to-door selling which is like the hardest type of selling in the world. You're trying to get a person who doesn't want you on their doorstep in the first place, and now you're trying to get them to take out their credit card and buy a product that they don't want or need or, <laughs> or anything. Um, and you're trying to do it in like 10 minutes because you, you don't have time for people who aren't going to buy. And this is also where I learned I could make lots of friends on the doorstep, but getting them to buy was a whole different story. And... Uh, Yet another time I thought, man, I, I suck at accounting and I suck at sales. Like, what else is there? Um, so from trial and error, I realized, you know what? I really like the creative side. Like, I wanted to make billboards. That was actually my 19-year-old dream. I was like, I could, if I could just make billboards, that'd be so cool. I, could, I wouldn't have to necessarily uh, worry about uh, trying to sell to my friends and, uh, and, and try to figure out, you know, like how to get all these expensive a high-end sales to happen. And I learned, man, I, I really like the idea of letting the message tell the story of uh, why you should buy this product, you know, and, and having it be as simple and as straightforward as possible without also giving away too much, right? Where the appeal behind it was, it was, I guess you could say, like it was sexy, right? Like it was impactful. And only later did I realize it was called marketing and advertising. So obviously, this is the road that I went down. And I, I've grown this passion for marketing because it's one, one area where I realize you can reach the right audience with the right message, with the right product or service, and it can change their lives. And since those clothing days, I've moved closer and closer into things that have a lot more meaning, a lot more impact, and can actually really change someone's life. Now, there's still ups and downs and roller coasters of days and, and things that are successful. And, and most of my podcasts have actually, they've been like failures, things that I, how I learned uh, what not to do and, and uh, picking up some tricks of what actually converts and what makes sense. Um, I was scrolling through my Facebook feed the other day and I, I saw this analogy and it was like, think of your life as a pond. And you're throwing rocks into it. And, and every time you throw this rock, it feels very accomplishing because you see the splash happening. And after a few rocks, though, the splashes diminish because you've, you're throwing so many rocks in. Now, the purpose of your rocks, these are these little experiences, these things that you're trying. And each one of them uh, is impactful. But if you're throwing them in different directions and different areas, uh, they're not always going to 
work out, but it's a great learning experience. And it's something that you got to try out. So you can't just keep throwing in the same area because some areas are probably going to be a lot deeper than others. And it's not going to be your forte or things that you're probably aren't going to want to do for you or your business or skills that um, should go to someone else. And you can focus on things that you do best. But what you still have to do is you got to throw enough rocks into the same area so that way you hit the surface of the water. And once you've done that, now you can either keep building upon that or you can throw rocks in different areas and build up these uh, uh, other skill sets. But you'll never know exactly what to do until you start trying it. And because of this, if you're... If you're the type of person who's failed before and it's scary to try again, like I'm going to give you permission if that's what you need to start trying again today. Like if you failed either at a business or like a marketing campaign or uh, trying something that could impact either your life or your business, like go for it. Just get back on the horse. Take what you've learned as an experience, don't look at it as a failure in a negative way, but look at it as a failure as a way to get closer to succeeding from what you have learned beforehand. And uh, so that wraps up my thoughts today, guys. If this was your first episode and you liked today's show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, As always, thanks for listening in and never stop converting.